Hi, Steve Addison here for the Movement Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're talking to Jacob Beer and Jeff T about no place left in Haiti. God is on the move here in Haiti. Uh, we are seeing uh, just a, a wildfire movement of the gospel, um, and uh, it's been it's been incredible to to be a, a small part of what God's doing. We've learned a lot. Uh, yeah, we're seeing God raise up teams, uh, and at this point, I'm kind of serving uh, the the team of the, the team leaders of the teams. And uh, these are men uh, who, uh, men and women who are just serving all over the country. Uh, we're currently kind of, my wife and I, my family and I, kind of taking a, uh, an Ephesus model. Yeah. Uh, all, you know, stayed in Ephesus daily in the school of, of Tyrannus, and that's kind of where we're at. Uh, we're sitting here in our training room in Port-au-Prince, where uh, we spend uh, all day every day just pouring our lives into to men and women who want to make disciples who make disciples until there's no place left. And so we've, uh, we've trained a lot of people, uh, but we've built uh, really a core team. And this team, uh, they're each leading their own teams in different cities uh, all around the country. And so they're the ones that are really in the trenches. They're the ones that are really doing the work. These are a team of local leaders, unpaid, uh, volunteer, uh, indigenous leaders. Uh, who are doing the work. And uh, so we're praising God for it. We're seeing uh, at least seven distinct streams of fourth generation church uh, and more. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, uh, we're seeing, we've seen uh, more than 20,000 baptisms and more than 3,000 churches. Uh, and uh, that's over the period of about 22 months. Uh, okay. That's kind of what we're seeing God do. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just picking myself off the floor now. Uh, yeah, we are too. Uh, we're still trying to figure out how it happened. And um, yeah, seriously, God is, God's working and we're just trying to, to keep up. Wow. Uh, and it's been amazing to, to serve this, this team. Uh, Jeff, he's one of those team leaders okay. uh, on, our, on our core team. And uh, man, I'm just praising God for, for these men and women who are uh, who God's using. Now, is it a requirement to wear the same color uh, T-shirt that I see you both wearing? Apparently so. Apparently red is, is the color. I didn't okay. know that. <laughs> now, Jeffy, we'd like to hear from you. Um, how, how did you get involved in all this? Oh, well, um, <clears throat> I want to start... Um, my name is Jeff T, and I am going to turn 22 years old in December. So I grew up in a Christian's home in 2014, and I met with Jacob and started working with them. And in 2015, we went to the four, it was a fourth year training in Florida. Okay. So this is how we, we have the training, and we just start working. So right. kind of how we And start. did you meet a, a crazy guy called uh, Troy Cooper there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so what was the impact of, of, your tr- of the training on you, Jeffy? Well, um, I was kind of the, the, the worship leader in my dad's church before that. So mm-hmm. 
we're doing all legacy church and all traditional cultural thing in our church. So when we, when I came back, when I go to the training and kind of open my open my eyes and to see that what we're doing is not wrong, but it's not the best mm-hmm. because really what Jesus is looking for is for those that will make a disciple and not only that sit in the church and just go to church every Sunday, but really there's there's the, the, a job that you need to do. Um, in your daily life, so kind of what changed in my life. It's a, it's a daily life for Jesus. Wake up, and I know there's something that I need to do, and it's to share the gospel with others. So, okay. And what what was different when you came back from Florida? Well, um, it, everything just felt different, and we didn't know how to start. And it was like, for me, I was, you know, was it was like I I was a part of another. You know, what can I say that? Another, you know, you know, world and another situation because you know, everything about the Christian's life just changed because I will now, you know, live, you know, on this earth. It's not only just work up and just go to work or go to school, but there's something that you need to do for Jesus every day. Okay. So and that what, kind of changed what did my you life. start? What did you start doing? Well, um, give us an for example. Myself, for myself, I just go out in the harvest every day and and sharing the gospel with unbeliever. And this is how the work just God was just using this and explode something here in Haiti. Okay. Yeah, Can, Jeffy, yeah. At the time, Jeffy was living with us, and uh, it was him that was really pushing me into the harvest. Uh, suddenly he, he had purpose. Suddenly he knew what to do on Monday morning. Yeah. And, uh, he's, you know, we're praying Luke, you know, Luke 10, you know, Luke 10, two at 10, two every day. And, uh, Jeffy's, Jeffy's the one saying, Hey, let's go. We got to go do it. We've got, we've got work to do. And so he's been the one who's, uh, was pushing me at the beginning. Okay. And Jeffy, can you think of, um, in those early days of, of how, as you got into the harvest, you saw God at work. Can you think of an example of someone you met? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, there was um, one, a guy that used to come over the house. Um, he, was the, he usually came over and pick up the trash over the house, but he was not a believer. So it's, it's a guy that we've been working with for about a year. And so we shared the gospel with him, and God, God just used the way that we act and the way that we share the gospel with him, and they turn and believe in Jesus. So him and his girlfriend turned and believe in, in the same day and baptized. Wait a minute. This is the, the guy who collects the trash from your house. Yes. So how did we get from him collecting the trash to turning, believing with his girlfriend and getting baptized? What actually happened? <laughs> Well, um, he, he came over one one morning, and I just felt like, yeah, I need to share. It was right after the training, and I said, I need to share the gospel with them. And and we sat down in the in the training room and shared a two circle with them. He said, yeah, I've been waiting for this for a long time because I can't go to church because I don't have the white clothes to go to church. I said, well, we can have church here. And as family, you can come over and we can have church together. So he said, well, let's do it. And turn and believe in Jesus and baptize in the same afternoon. Went back home and he shared the gospel with his girlfriend. And two days later, his girlfriend got baptized. It's wow. just how it worked. Wow. 
And so in yep. Haiti, people dress up, and he felt like I don't have the fine white clothes to go to church, yeah. so mm-hmm. I can't yeah, follow yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus yeah. washed him clean. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're finding that uh, everywhere. We're finding people who have wanted to follow Jesus uh, for for a long time, but have been told that they, they can't mm-hmm. uh, because of you know their, their social uh, state, their economical state, their, uh, yeah, their dress, they're living with their girlfriend. We had a guy, uh, who we just sent out, uh, a guy named David as uh, a missionary to Chile. Um, but Dave was, uh, he, he's a guy who was turned away from the church because of his dreadlocks was literally yeah. turned away at the door of the building. Mm. Uh, and he was actually ended up, uh, he was a second-generation disciple of one of our other guys and uh, was trained and had been faithfully serving with our team for the last year. We just sent him off to Chile. But he was an example of a guy who, who had wanted to follow Jesus but uh, was told that he, he couldn't because of even just his, his appearance. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that Jeffy and I uh, kind of set a, a principle in our house early, you know, we've got uh, 12 guys that live with us. Our home has become like a revolving door. Uh, for the community, there's always people in and out, and so we set a goal that they to say that nobody enters this house, uh, no one leaves this house without hearing the gospel really? first. So whether that's the guy who picks up the garbage, or somebody who's mm-hmm. coming to to work on our car, or or just friends from some of these guys from work or school or whatever it is, uh, we set a goal to uh, uh, to share the gospel with every person who enters this place. So there's there's twelve big Guys, I'm, I'm not saying Jeffy looks tough, but I, I think he—I think he could handle himself. There's 12 yeah. of these guys in the house, and no one can get out until they've heard the gospel. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, so Jeffy, um, Jacob was saying, uh, not only are you in the harvest and you're you're starting new churches, but you're a team leader. So what what does that look like for you as a team leader? What do you do? Well, it's it's look like we are part of a, a family on mission. I will say it like this: there's this team of seven of us that give our life and to you know, do the work of Jesus, and it's, it's it's just how it is. Just family on mission. So, what does it look like when you go on mission as a as a group, as a family? I um as a group um. Really, tell them kind of what's happening in, in, well, in Bolivar. Well, really, how we do it is, you know, we go out and we follow the the example of Jesus when he sent out his disciples and just go two by two. Yeah. And we spend time out and really how we do it, we don't just quickly share with that person and kind of open a real conversation with that person, spend time. Um, tell us that story. Now go. Yeah. Um, well, we, we have a, an example of one of our guy called Ronaldo. He is one of you know, this, the second generation of one of our leaders um, named Joshua. Um, he went out to a place called Ansapit. Um, they really followed the, two, the Luke 10 2 model, going out without any clothes, any money. Um, I, I hope he had some fight. clothes, maybe just not any extra clothes. Yeah? <laughs> well, 
They know it's pretty up. warm in here, but I, I would up. assume <laughs> some clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing uh, extra. <laughs> Nothing extra. Um, yeah, they just went out to find the House of Peace and so went in, in this place called Nasapi and shared the gospel all day long. It was about to get dark on that yeah. day when they find this man called uh, Calix. So they go in and share the gospel with Calix, and Calix was worthy to receive Jesus that day. So he welcomed them in, in his house and sat down with Calix and do and kind of do a little a little training with them. So right after Calix said he believed in Jesus, Calix shared the gospel with his wife. At the same day, they turn and believe his wife waiting for the kids before they come back from school and share the gospel with them. All of two daughters that they have, they turn and believe in Jesus. In the next day, they got baptized and they went out in the office with Ronaldo. Um, and they spent about four days out there going in the harvest and do training. So before they even come back, they start about four new churches. Four new churches. The one church, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so in four days, Ronaldo spent uh, these four days with this family, Calix. They saw 73 people come to know Jesus in that community that week, uh, and 50 of them baptized, and then a new church started in Calix's home. Uh, within, within the first month, that church had multiplied into uh, four other churches. Uh, but that was an example of how one of the things that they we, we push for is uh, the three-touch training. Uh, but we do the three touches in three days, where at the end of that third day, uh, the people that you've trained are, are now trainers. They're, they've been, you know, you've, we've modeled the process, we've modeled the process, and by the end of the third day, uh, they're leading the training, so they're training their neighbors and their friends. Uh, so we start doing that not only with legacy churches, but also with churches new churches in the harvest, that three touches in three days, we found really the jumpstart uh, that new church. Uh, they know what it means to be a disciple. Uh, they know how to share their faith, and they know who to share with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so this example of Ronaldo, who's going out in the harvest with this new family every day, in a matter of four days, had formed this new church, and, uh, and they, were, they were on the move throughout their community with the gospel. Okay, and... Will Ronaldo or anyone else circle back and help those new churches in terms of their journey towards, you know, health and maturity? Does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, one of the things we do, we, re- we release pretty quickly. Uh, and so Calix will lead that new church. He is leading that mm-hmm. new church. And Ronaldo has, has taken Calix out. And Ronaldo is training. He's meeting with, with Calix every week. And so there's a rhythm there. Okay. That he's meeting weekly for training and discipleship. But Calix is leading the new, the, the new church, not, not Ronaldo. So Calix is like, the, is like Cornelius. I mean, Peter, yeah. Peter had just a few days with him. And we yeah. don't know for sure, but we just assume that the pattern for Paul and Barnabas is we circle back, we write a letter, we send yeah. a team. Um, but the the local new believers are taking responsibility to reach their yeah, that's, community. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Yeah. So people are going to think, this sounds too easy. So t- tell, me, tell me about some of the challenges. Yeah. About the story of uh, Joshua. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, one of our pastors called Joshua, um, he is 
amazing and he's multiplied to thousands of churches right now. Um, so in his area called Gantier, so he was really, really working in this area, but there was this other legacy church and the legacy pastors that didn't like what he's doing because he feel like he's kind of losing power, influence, because everyone is called to make disciples right now. Everyone is calling to baptize. It's kind of feel that the job of pastor is kind of low for him. Because really in Haiti, when you talk about a pastor, you can see this is this big man in a, in the high position. This is how it is here. So he didn't like Joshua when Joshua was start doing that kind of work. Um, start persecuting Joshua and even you know trying to kick him out of the community. Okay. But Joshua's you know he called, come to our house and we have a meeting and he starts sharing all of that and we even ask Joshua as well. What do you want to do? And then he goes, well, I just want to pray for is the success of his ministry. So that was Joshua's heart. Yeah. He wants to pray yeah. for the success of this pastor's ministry. Yeah. So a couple of months passed by, and it was one night, late at night, and somebody knocked at Pastor Joshua's door. And when mm-hmm. he opened it, it was the pastor that didn't like him. So come over to his, his house and now ask, so can you train me so how to make this disciple? Because now I realize that I don't know how to make disciple. So right now, every night, so this pastor is going to Joshua secretly every time, every night to receive some training from Joshua. Wow. So we'll see how God is, is working. That's our uh, Nicodemus story, right? Yeah. You know, late at night, he didn't want yeah. anybody to see him. He comes... Mm-hmm. But this pastor had actually put together a team of other pastors in the area uh, to to drive Joshua out of town. Yeah. Uh, and they were laying on the, the persecution pretty heavy on Joshua and his family, dragging his name through the mud. Yeah. Uh, and Joshua just faithfully prayed for him, loved mm-hmm. on him, and and now, and now is uh, is training this guy uh, to to begin making disciples, multiplying churches. It's incredible. Yeah. What's been the role of Jacob in, in your life and your development? What's he done? Um, it, it's, it's huge. Um, it's a lot. Um, because um, before that, um, my, I was a Christian for a long time, going to church, being the worship leader. And so my vision really was to go to the Dominican Republic, the DR, to become a doctor, to come back home and work, taking care of my family. Um, but I did not realize the, the really ministry call of my life. And it's when Jacob and Kisha came in Haiti and through our conversation and I, what we talk about. And now I kind of realize who I am and what the Lord want me to do. So, and I decided even, even before the, the four fields training, I decided to not go into the deal to become a doctor and I want to give my, my, my myself to full-time ministry. It was not an easy decision. It was not easy time. It was not an easy season in my life because it was very difficult. And in Haiti, when, you, when you're in a position that you can help your family, hmm. um, it's like they, they hope that you're going to be the, I can say that the everything of the family because everybody is looking at you. Yeah. Um, we used to go to the Dominican and become the person that my family wanted me to be and to give myself full-time ministry. 
And when they heard about that, it was not an easy decision for me. Mm. And, you know, but still my heart, I can, I can tell that, um, yeah, I'm not going to change my idea. I'm going to give myself full-time ministry. And no matter what comes, this is what it, that was in my heart. And I just stay focused on the, on, on the call. And, okay. But it was not easy. And what, what have you observed Jacob doing? in terms of how he's helped you develop since then? Well, he's a good dad. He's a good teacher. And there's a lot of good model uh, how he treat his wife, how he treat his family, his kid, and how he love others, and how he love Jesus. Um, his heart for the Word of God. And he, he built in me a lot, a lot of things, and I, I can't really can't you know can't tell how to describe this. But, but Jesus is the one who's built that heart in him as we've just labored, we've just labored together. I mean, I, yeah. I love this guy like my own brothers, and we've just we've labored together in the harvest. We've been through some really difficult times together. We've navigated through some some really difficult waters. We've uh, we discovered. Uh, the movement Jesus started, we've discovered that together as Jesus was revealing to us. So, like we've just we've just been on this journey together and, and really have learned from from each other. It's been uh, it's been really cool to see to see God working in this guy's life. So, Jeffy, um, Jacob has invested in you out out of love and out of devotion to Jesus. So, just tell us about one or two of the guys you're investing in. What what do you do with them? Um, yeah, there's, um, so one of, one of, one of them is one of my closer friends, and his name is Elwood, he, he lives in the house with us, and the other one is my older brother, he's older than me, so I'm the youngest on the, on my family, so the other one is my brother, Markley, um, we spend time together, and we, um, go to the Word of God together, and, um, it's, it's hard, and it's difficult sometimes, um, yeah, but with always praying for love and patience. Um, yeah, always remember myself. Um, you know, you know, if God needs to be patient with me, I can need to be patient with others too. Yeah, good. Jeffy is uh, Jeffy is really raising up his brother Markley to to lead a, a movement in an area called Bolrepo, where his dad has his legacy church, and really they've. God has transformed that legacy church into a training and sending center, being led by his brother, Mockley, as Jeffy is faithfully training up his brother. And so they've got weekly rhythms where he's uh, meeting weekly for training, but then he's also other times where they're having uh, bro time, accountability. Uh, but he's pushing his brother forward to lead, lead this work out uh, outside the city. And uh, we're seeing uh, just some crazy multiplication through this legacy church, uh, and really all that's through Jeff D's faithful training with them. And and Jeff D, how do your parents feel now about you giving up the the <laughs> opportunity to be a doctor? <laughs> well, in the beginning, it was not easy, and you know when I came back with the uh, idea of making disciples, the no place left vision, um, they they turn away, um, not even. The text message for about six months. Okay. It was not easy season mm. in my life, and 
after when they heard about what God is doing through that, the ministry, and they, 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 they come on board right now, and so Willie, my dad, doesn't want me to do anything else, whether to be the church with them and to serve. So, Jeffy, what, what's God put on your heart when you think of your nation of Haiti? Mm. Uh, what's, what's stirring in you? Uh, well, really, what, as a Haitian, what, what breaks my heart for now is the brutal fact of my country because this country about, it's about 11 million people. The population is about 11 million. On, we have about 9 million of them that not following Jesus. Yeah. So, and 500, 500 of them die every day without mm. Jesus. Mm. So, um, so I, for myself, as a, as a Haitian, I, I can see myself, I have a pretty heavy work on my back mm. um, to faithfully share Jesus with everyone that go pass by my way. Because I know this is my job this is what I need to do. And are you going to share with all 9 million lost people? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I can't do that. <laughs> you just take one or two million, uh, Jeff D. So, so how are we going to reach the 9 million? Yeah. So, Willie, my, 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 my vision is to, is to train, um, faithfully train others that want to work on that same idea with me and so that we can train people that can train others and on, until the fourth generation so, and beyond so that we can see that the, the work is passing by to generation. So really, that's just my, my vision. Uh, yeah, let me kind of just give you a picture of where, uh, where God is leading uh, the work here. You know, our prayer is that this would be a, a sustaining movement, uh, also a multiplying movement. You know, we're, we've got a, a solid team in place of uh, unpaid and indigenous leaders that are leading the work, uh, and they're beginning to mobilize uh, Haitians to the nations, as we're saying here. Uh, we've got a guy we've just uh, launched to Chile. Uh, one of our other team leaders uh, has sent two of his Timothys to France, um, and we have uh, two other guys uh, that are about to uh, move to Argentina and another one to uh, Guadalupe. And so our prayer is that we would see uh, really a, a multiplying movement, a missionary movement of, of Haitian missionaries being mobilized to the nations. Our prayer is that we would be able to take the, the hot coals of movement here and place them like drop it in a, in a dry forest, that we would see a, a wildfire movement of the gospel in other nations around the world as a result of what he's, he's doing here. So that's our prayer, that's our vision for the future, and uh, we're asking Jesus to multiply.